2: Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
3: Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. I'm Rachel Glass.
4: And I'm Young Juan. Today we have a delicious show for you as we talk about our favorite foods. Just thinking about my favorite foods makes me really hungry.
3: Yeah, I love to eat too. Some of my favorite foods are beets, oysters, and french fries. I probably eat pasta and a dish with cheese at least every day. What about you, Young Ju?
4: I'm not really a picky eater, but I also love cheese and italian foods like pasta ravioli and lasagna i love snack food like pita chips yeah, and, hummus. Me too. and i just love dipping stuff and eating really small f- snack food all the time i love appetizers when i go to restaurants it's always instead of focusing on the main dishes i'm all about appetizers and desserts oh, and i'm I could- always on the lookout for new foods
3: Oh, I cannot agree more. I love appetizers. <laughs> and before we talk to our former host Steven Zhao, about his favorite foods, we want to remind everyone about the Pear Festival this Saturday on September twenty eighth at the Moraga Commons Park, where many of our reporters and writers will be at the B Star Ur booth with free writing and activities for all ages. Our booth is sponsored by Lamarinda Weekly, where many of our BTSYA volunteers are writers. I volunteered at this event for many years, and not only is it a great not only is it a great place to get those volunteer hours in, it's actually so much fun. Check out starstyleradio.com and go to events for more information.
4: And I totally agree with Rachel. I think it's so much fun. I will also be there, so I hope some of our listeners will stop by, say hello, and participate in our fun writing activities, buy books, and just chat. This is my third year going, and I always find it a lot of fun. And getting back to our theme today about back to school, we go, we are going to our founding host and administrator of Express Yourself, reporter, and ex-host, old host, Steven Zhao, who is going to fill us in on his favorite foods and about what food is like at Pepperdine University, where he is a student.
5: Hey, guys. Ex-host makes me sound like I was fired. Not <laughs> <easy to> <laughs> <try>. <laughs> you know, in all irony, I'm actually sitting in the midst, in the middle of one of the smaller cafeterias that my college has right now wh- while we're filming this segment. Oh and wow! good Wi-Fi, which is very helpful, which is why the quality sounds pretty good. In any case, food in college. Uh... <laughs> There's a lot to say about that. Let's start with talking about the food itself. Now, there's a lot of different variations on food. And of course, most like like in high school, colleges also have to use an outside company to provide the food. So usually the company gets to set their own prices. They get to choose how good the food is and how available it is and hours and stuff like that. So we run by the company Sodesco, which is a pretty popular company. A lot of different colleges use that same exact company for producing their food. Um... I mean, I've actually been told that Pepperdine's food is better than most colleges, which I suppose is probably true. The way we do it is they come in entrees, so it's like, you can get an entree, so it's like roast beef plate, which sounds really good, but it's just like the cheapest roast beef they can find, (laughs) obviously. Um, Salad bar, there's a grill, at least it's fresh made, so that's not too bad and stuff like that. So quality-wise, I would say it's good. Um, Quantity-wise, is a little questionable, but that's college campuses. You can't really be surprised by paying $7 for a small plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the meal plans itself is actually a really interesting thing. I mean, a lot of different colleges have different meal plans, and the most popular one that you hear the most about, the reason why there's this whole idea of the freshman 15, you guys know what that is? Yes. Okay, freshman 15. For those that don't, it's saying that the first year of college, people usually gain 15 pounds. Actually, I think that's statistically true. Like, that actually is the average. People do gain weight. It's not a bad thing. It's just true. And we all have to deal with that. And part of the reason is a lot of colleges have a buffet system for every single meal. So what they do is they have a card that they pay, I don't know, um, maybe $1,000 for for the semester. And they get as many buffets as they want up to like three times a day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, you know, it's a buffet style so you can eat as much as you want. So you can stay in there all day for three hours and stuff your face. So a lot of people do that because the cafeteria is also where you study sometimes. If people don't want to study in the library or at home, they bring their computer to the cafeteria, find a plug-in, sit there, eat, and study. So, I mean, that's what usually happens. And actually, the, the reason I was talking about this is Pepperdine does a different system where it's not buffet style. It is debit card style. So you pay a certain amount of money to put on the card, and then you pay that action, that money to, whenever you get food so you pay by the item and that actually it taps into my inner Asian which helps a lot it makes me not want to spend too much money so I don't (laughs) eat too much very 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 good choice on Pepperdine's point I'm very happy about that.
4: Rachel do you agree with a lot of things he said or is it different where you go to school?
3: Um we actually have the same system of using like a card we call it like campus cash Mm -hmm. you know and they're more like based off points um but, I mean, just, like, me me personally, I'm, like, a, I've been raised to be a very healthy eater, so I, like, didn't find it very hard. Well, it is hard to eat healthy because, obviously, when anybody cooks in mass amounts, um, there's – it would be way expensive to cook in mass amounts and make it healthy, if that makes sense, because healthy yeah. and organic food is more expensive. Yeah. So, um, as with most things in college, it's just all about your choices, you know, but um, – Having, I think a lot of it is having your own freedom to eat what you want is where most of that comes from. You know, I did eat more. A little bit more unhealthy than I usually would, but um, I tried my best. I
5: mean, it doesn't help that most campuses have a late-night dining place. Ours are open until, like, 2 a.m. Yeah, and that's usually, like, the best food. (laughs) Yeah, it's also just the worst food, technically, because a lot of people go here at, like, 12 in the morning, and they get one of those giant ice cream sandwiches. Not Mm -hmm. the smartest idea, but so many people do it. My, myself included obviously <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: um what is your dorm situation like is like there like like a kitchenette
5: or something or is or what so the thing about kitchens is interesting at least the, i actually don't know too much about other places but at least at Pepperdine most students don't have a kitchen the only way you would is if you rented one of the apartments on campus which is actually not that expensive compared to the rest of Malibu housing But basically, first and second years will not have a kitchen. Some might have access to a general-use kitchen that's shared by at least 100 people, so it's very unpopular and no one really uses it too much. Well, I mean, no one gets the chance to use it too much. So.
3: Yeah, that's exactly how it is at Oregon. You know, we have, like, typical small dorms. Like, there's no, like, we can't have a microwave, you Mm -hmm. know, it's... Not very fire safe. However, there are a lot of colleges that kind of have um, suite or apartment like dorms. And I say dorms in air quotes because, you know, how I was in dorms was not like how other people are living. Like I just moved my boyfriend's sister to San Francisco State, and they basically, their dorms are basically apartments, you know, with like a full kitchen. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that affects the way people
5: eat, too, like what's yeah. available. Yeah,
4: and Stephen, do you like to cook? Like, if you did have a fridge, would you be using it a lot?
5: Oh, my gosh, I would love to have a kitchen. It would be so useful. <laughs> I pers- Well, actually, for me, I like cooking larger meals, so I like hosting a lot, hosting mm. dinners and stuff like that. If I was cooking myself on for myself on an everyday basis, I'm not sure how well I would survive. It just, <laughs> It's a lot handier to just be able to walk down to the calf and just get the food as, soon, as fast as
4: possible. Yeah. As well, and are there any are these the advantages to a meal plan in college? Are there?
5: I, I mean the biggest one is just the speed that I just mentioned. Yeah. The fact that it's fast and it's available and it's fairly nearby in most cases. <laughs> the biggest disadvantage is the cost. I mean honestly, they make us over here they make us pay 1500 a semester for the meal plan. So it's a just little Just for the meal plan? Yeah, just for the meal plan. So oh, it's a wow. little on the expensive. Yeah. Side. And it's like if you cooked for yourself, it would cost maybe an extra hour a day, but it would save you a lot of money also.
3: Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Meal points are all about the convenience and just kind of like your whole environment of being there. And not You kind of have no choice, basically. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am moving into my first apartment, not this Sunday, but next, and I am so excited to finally be able to cook for myself.
4: <laughs> are you having any roommates? Yeah, I have... Um,
3: Three of my best friends I'm living with, and one oh, of them wow. is, a, is only, a, she'll, she's a fifth-year senior, only for a term, mm. and then our other good friend, who's been in Argentina, Wow, who I'm sitting abroad for nine months, will move in, so I am very excited. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be cooking a lot, or I'll be cooking, because I like to cook. <laughs> <laughs> do, you guys, do you like to cook, Youngju?
4: I do like to cook, although I'm not very talented. I am good at making an omelet, and Mm -hmm. so hopefully I'll learn more before I go off to college. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, cooking is a very useful skill to have, especially when it gets to the point where you just, um, for the most part, like if you just don't don't have the money left, a lot of people do run out near the end of the semester, and Mm -hmm. just having a kitchen in the house is very useful. It's better than... Yeah. There's the argument that it's convenient for the calf to cook it for you, but at the same time, it is kind of convenient if you're just sitting in your dorm yourself. It's easier to do a quick breakfast or stuff like that.
4: Yeah. What kind of food does your cafeteria offer?
5: Uh, we do a fair variety. There's like American, Chinese. It's really flips every day. So for us, it's just <laughs> kind of whatever they want to make. And honestly, for me, I'm not too picky about what I eat, so... It's like as long as there's nothing I hate, I'm just gonna eat it and just get it all <laughs> in. <going. laughs>
3: um, we are out of time for now, but I've really enjoyed talking about food—one of my favorite
4: subjects. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. Listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Now, with me today is a personal friend of mine, Yuki
5: Seekers. Given the topic of food, I figured it would be ideal to bring on someone who's very familiar with professional culinary arts. Yuki is a sushi chef at Sushi 69 in Marin County and a chef at the local Olympic Parks Country Club. Yuki, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Very good. I'm glad you could join us here today. Now, I I only got a brief biography that I said earlier, but if you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do, could you explain?
6: Of course, yeah. So um, one job that I have is I work as a sushi chef in um, Marin, a place called Sushi 69. It's a very high-quality sushi restaurant, and they have um, very unique fish that we bring in about three times a week. We get a lot of very unique fish from Hokkaido, Japan, and we just get all these great fish. That I mean, there's some of these fish that you'll never see in other sushi restaurants. Um, you're gonna see like bonito and flying fish. You see this one called the red cornet fish that looks um, like a cross between a fish, a shrimp, and a uh, squid. This thing that looks just like an alien creature, some crazy things. And
5: and all of these are cooked as sushi.
6: Huh?
5: And all of these are cooked as sushi? Uh, sushi.
6: Um, I've been doing sushi for a little bit less than a year. Um, I've been in the culinary industry for um, just about two years, and you know a lot of people um, they go to school for culinary. But uh, a little trade secret is that culinary school really isn't that isn't that great. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people rely on it to get a job, but it's really not required. Most sushi chefs, um, like sushi chefs, it's it's not even taught in um, normal schools, and. You can't really, and you want if you want to take a class. It's really expensive. Like some classes are like five hundred dollars a day, just to uh, get professional culinary training for uh, sushi. But um, for young chefs, you should really just try to um, get yourself out there and just get your foot in the door. There's a lot of restaurants that um, they're always hiring, and they'll always um, really like to have people that come in that are full of energy, full of um, passion. And if you really like cooking, um, it's a great field. I mean, it's very stressful at times, but it really shows just how much effort you put into it. And it's really what you what you put in. If you put in your heart into it, then it'll really show. And, like, sushi is something that is a very um, specific niche that's very hard to get into because you have to get... Experience to get in, mm-hmm. but to get in, you need experience. So it's kind of a passion twenty-two. You have to think <laughs> your way in by, you know, uh, being a cook or a waiter, and then um, express your um, express how you want to do sushi, and then they will train you. And training, it's crazy. I mean, it's not as bad as uh, Japan. Like, if you're in Japan, uh, everything is an art art form there, and there's certain things that um, let, they won't let you do for two or three years. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just washing the rice, the rice is a very, very important um, integral part of a sushi, um, sushi chef. And it's like, it, it is the heart and life of, uh, it's like the soul of the sushi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can't make good rice, then you're just not going to, even if you have really good quality products, you're really great fish, you're never going to make good sushi. Mm-hmm. and sushi is is a very very um amazing thing that if you really want to get into it it's i really recommend it because it really can teach you just like the uh the nuances of cooking because cooking you know i don't want to um say bad things about other um cooking but a lot of cooking of american and um french cuisine it's basically just matching up all the a lot of foods all together all these flavors, and you don't know, really sh- understand what you're tasting. I mean, it might taste great, but uh, sushi is great because it's it's all about the art of simplicity. It's all about just taking the raw ingredients and putting, um, just making it look nice, just taste good, and just the right amount of taste. And you don't really, you don't need all the you know like good fish. Good uh, sushi it doesn't need any soy sauce. It doesn't need anything. I mean. In Japan, there's a lot of uh, sushi restaurants that, if you ask for soy sauce, they'll look at you wrong. They'll, they might even kick you out. Because really? They, wow! They think it's like an insult because I mean, soy sauce. I mean, it's good, but it's gonna rice or something. But mm-hmm. on fish, it's it really just kills the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, the sauces uh, are a very integral part of American uh, sushi. Um, in Japan, they don't really they just stay away from any sauces putting any kind of flavor um, enhancement on it. It's all about, you know, good sushi is okay just by itself. Wow.
3: Okay. And
6: it, it is pretty amazing because it's, it really um, puts a new um, respect for sushi chefs. And you go in there, and it, it looks pretty sim- it's simple enough. I mean, essentially it is just Japanese rice burrito. And it is pretty simple, but it's just so much fun because... You actually realize just how much work into it, and, you know, sushi is a very expensive thing to buy, and, I mean, there are lots of shortcuts, but if you really want good sushi, you really have to put in the work, and that really tests your skill and your determination and just how much you really want to be in this field.
5: Yeah, I didn't realize all of this. I mean, jumping back to your training, what kind of specific training did you have to receive to get into all of this? Like, you mentioned the whole rice thing, but just give us a story or something that you have while you were in training.
6: Well, um, yeah, so with rice, I mean, the people don't actually, um, the sushi chefs aren't allowed to um, even eat, touch the rice that's going to be made for the actual people for about um, two or three years, they have to be training for two or three years, just watching the sushi chefs make their rice right every single day. You know, like um, sometimes, you know, like two or three years, just not even touching it, just watching and listening. And sushi chefs aren't really the kind of people that are really, really hands-on with their their learning. They don't really say, okay, so you you put this here, you put this here, and then you mix it. You don't really say that. You just they're very, very. Um, stoic, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. and they just don't really, they don't teach you. You just watch and you learn. And if you, um, like, I mean, I've made so many mistakes by, like, asking, asking questions, and you know, it's it's not a problem asking questions in most kitchens, but sushi chefs especially, very traditional Japanese people, um, actually kind of take offense to that. Um, And it's a very, very American tradition to, like, ask questions or, like, make excuses for something. You just have to own up to your Possibility and just take it
5: wow it's really interesting it's pretty, difference in culture it's pretty
6: harsh oh it is it's it's a great thing i mean i'm, I'm japanese myself i'm um, half japanese my mom is japanese and i've um, always loved sushi i've always loved fish and it's my favorite thing to um, do but then ever since i actually started making sushi it's really brought a new respect for um for fish in general and just the Japanese culture it's, it is very very strange uh, very foreign culture and there's lots of very kind of weird crazy things about it but when it gets down to it it's it's a very very um, they put a lot more effort than a lot of other cultures in America, like in America like American chefs I've recently been seeing that they don't really do as um, they can make like good burgers but um, with fish they don't really understand just how amazing they can make their fish. They mm-hmm. just kinda like um just cook it and it gets so dried out and they just don't even like with Japanese fish, like at the restaurant we have the, one of the best parts of the fish is the collarbone, which Americans throw out and Americans throw out the uh the fatty parts too. They just want the filet. They just want the meat. And it's just like and people like are just wasting so much product. I mean, in Japan and, like, Japanese restaurants, like Kushi 69, uh, we we sell the the kama, or the anitama is the collard bone in Japanese. And so we get the, whenever we're cutting the kamachi, the yellowtail, or the salmon, we just um, we cut off that collard bone, and then we sell it. And we just all we do is put a little bit of salt on it and put it on the grill for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how big it is, and then we serve it with just a little bit of da- um, shredded daikon radish and mm-hmm. you know, a piece of lemon, and that's all you need. And it's just um, a little bit of like a tempera sauce, which is a. Uh, tempera sauce is just a dachi, which is uh, uh soy, um, soy sauce, and seaweed stock. It's a very, very simple thing, but it's just like if you put the effort into it, it is the most delicious thing you'll ever have. I mean, you've never had fish until you've had. Uh, the collarbones. Wow. And also like um there's the sushi chefs they, they use the the fatty parts, like um if you if you're familiar with it, it's a Toro, which is like the belly, the fatty part. And that's the best part. I mean if you, you serve that that's gonna be an extra two or three dollars that's on some places. Wow. Okay. And it's just like it's um it's so delicious. I mean it's um that's the best part of the, the fish. But Americans they just look at the fat and maybe they're, they're thinking it's like, you know, like, uh, you don't eat gristle. I mean, you don't really eat, you always want to carve off the fat whenever you're uh, prepping some steak or anything. But in with the fish, that's the best part. And then, I mean, even if you're not going to serve it to customers, customers might not understand, you can just save it aside, put it aside and then you can cook it for the employees. And that's, you know, if I got employee meals like that every day at an American kitchen, man, I would, I would never leave. That's <laughs> amazing. But mm-hmm. Americans, they, they just want what they want. They don't really see the whole picture, and they don't really want to use everything they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the sushi restaurant, it's amazing, because every little thing that we use can be recycled and repurposed for something else. I mean, other, um, there's nothing that we waste. I mean, there's very, very little we waste. Kind of like uh, the Indians, like they don't waste any part of the animal when they're uh, when they're hunting.
5: Mm-hmm. It's
6: they're very very respectful of what what they eat. That and is, it's,
5: yeah, that is, is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually taking a look at some and, of the photos that are on the website. And for the listeners out there, if you go on to the Voice America Kids website after the show is aired, you can take a look at all the links to the Sushi Six and Nine website that Yuki works at, and some other photos up there. Yuki, this is all really interesting. Um, just the very last question to end the segment, what of these? Yeah. which of these roles that you sell at sushi 69 what do you say is your favorite to make and is the most interesting?
6: Okay, then um, it would be the hero's role and the Akira role, because those mm-hmm. are two roles that um, you're not going to, I guarantee you're not going to find anywhere in the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: The hero's role, uh, we use the salmon and it has a uh, avocado and uh, spicy tuna inside, and then it has um, it's wrapped in salmon, and basically it doesn't have any um, seaweed, uh, nori, um, to wrap around it. So it's not it's very very delicate, and it's just it really just melts in your mouth. And we don't really use any soy sauce. Soy sauce is just going to kill the flavor. So these are in um, in house made uh, ponzu, the, the spicy. Uh, citrus um, sauce. And it's, it's amazing because it's just like, I mean, it's it's very interesting to make because it's like, it takes a lot more um, skill to make it because it's, you know, there's no um, seaweed to keep it together so it's like, it's a very, very delicate roll and to be able to put it on the plate, it's um, it's art in itself. Mm-hmm. And then also we have the uh, care roll which is the same idea. There's no um, seaweed to make it chewy and it's, uh, we have, we have <laughs> crab, like um, Dungeness crab, uh, mm-hmm. real crab meat, and then we also have shrimp tempura and nahi, um, which is barbecued eel, and then it has the rice, and then it's wrapped in uh, avocado, and it's it's like a sweet version of the, the hero's roll, and those, are, those two rolls, even if someone has thought of making it, um, putting it from going, getting from paper to actually on the table, it's it's a concept that really is very difficult to really um, think of, and it's to make it consistently and then teach it to other people. That's just something that um, Hiro, the um, the owner of the um, Sushi69, he really put a lot of work into, and if you ever come around, it's definitely something you should definitely come and check out. It's, uh, you won't be disappointed.
5: Awesome. We definitely um, will do that. And unfortunately, we are out of time right now, but thank you, Yuki, so all much right. for all of your insights. And it's great just talking to you and hearing about all the experiences you've had.
6: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show.
4: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids.
3: giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to i'm rachel glass
4: and i'm young ju on Th- with this being our foodie show it's only natural to get our texas food and lifestyle reporter tanner odell back on the show with us to share his favorite f- eats with us in let's eat happy healthy and hungry report hi tanner it's been a while since we've connected so good it has to have you been back. a while
2: thank you guys for having me back on yeah. i'm so excited to be here
4: So since you are a chef, what are you going to share with us for your favorite foods?
2: So I thought it would be fun to break it down and truly find out what it means to have a favorite food. So let's dive into this a little bit. And um, let's start with America. If you're listening from one of the other amazing countries that this show airs in, you'll be able to make a connection between the foods I'm talking about and some of the foods in your country. But first, apple pie, right? That's known as a favorite food all over the country, and I automatically think of tradition, I think of warmth, I think of comfort, love, sleeping, and those are definitely all the reasons that I would, you know, classify that as a favorite food, but really it's because so many of us grew up having apple pie once or twice a year with family and friends, it's, a, it's really just a tradition, and it's become, you know, one of the favorite all-American traditions, and it's actually become more than a favorite, I would call it an icon. And another big icon, um, as we're breaking it down is, um, hot dogs and hamburgers, right? (laughs) I mean, come on. We're, we're social people, barbecues, block parties, grill outs. It's, you know, that amazing atmosphere where you just get to totally gorge your face that makes like hot dogs and hamburgers one of the all time favorites as well. And it's, you know, become a favorite because of that. People love it. It's easy. And, you know, it's just one of the favorite foods. So. The last one, the one that I really want to break down here real quick before we go into some more, is um, Chinese food. So (laughs) there really is nothing more American than Chinese food, especially here in the U.S., right? We've created what we call Chinese food. I'm using air quotes there because, you know, you won't go over to China and order a number three with crab puffs. And it really is. It's one of my favorites because of the convenience right so when we think of when we think about it we love apple pie because of the tradition we love the burgers and hot dogs because we love the social aspect and that Chinese food gives us, you know, the luxury of having it be so convenient. So, you know, I'm not saying those are the only reasons that we like them. I mean, you could just really enjoy your Kung Pao chicken. But what I'm saying <laughs> is there's there's usually cultural reasons behind why we love these foods, why our favorite foods are actually our favorite. So going back to your question, what's my actual favorite food? So um, before I answer the question, I want to know what your guys' favorite food was from, um, from when you were a kid.
4: Well, let's see. I loved like terrible food like junk food we all did. Oh, like totally. potato chips and my favorite was especially like the mac and cheese that you make in the microwave uh, for a uh, minute yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, I think mine would be pasta,
4: probably yeah,
3: mac I and did cheese.
2: Like too. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Mac mm-hmm. and cheese is my favorite as well. And, you know, we all have crazy lives usually where a constant something like always having macaroni and cheese available as you're growing up is something so comforting, both for you and also for your parents. <laughs>
4: Well, when my parents are really lazy and we're at home on a Saturday or something, the easiest thing to just cook is, like, instant noodles or mac and cheese.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's for pretty much everyone across the country, I would say. And, um, I mean, for me, to answer your question originally, um, my favorite food is definitely mac and cheese, too. When I was growing up, I want to distinguish the difference between currently and when I was yeah. growing up. Because, you know... Um, I, it's always nice to have that constant. I always, you know, felt very comforted when I ate that bowl of macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. And I always associated it with being my favorite food. But today, you know, my favorite food, or, sh- or should I say foods, are much, much different. And they're my favorites now for some different reasons. You know, reasons beyond it being convenient and reasons beyond it being, you know, traditional and, you know, mm-hmm. something, something that... um something that you just crave. So I am, you know, I want to kind of propose the question to you guys. Um is you know, how do you create favorites that will ultimately benefit someone else ultimately benefit the community? Um, so you don't have to necessarily answer this. I just want to propose the question to everyone listening, because uh, this is what I've been thinking about recently when I, you know, was asked to do the show and this was the topic I, you know, the dramatic person to me is like, there's obviously some type of underlying meaning behind favorite foods. So this is what um I kind of want to drive home is you know, over the last couple of years, my personal favorites have become something more than just a meal. I've taken kind of the selfishness away almost, um, if you would. And don't get me wrong, I, I pig out on mac and cheese every once in a while. Now it's usually like a vegan gluten-free macaroni and cheese since I'm moving in that direction. But um, I still like to pig out. But overall, you know, I look at things as being bigger than what they are. It's, you know, that dramatic person in me, but it leads me um, to really bringing things into my life that will benefit me and other people and multiple ways. So, um, like, for example, one of my absolute favorite foods right now is is Thai food, but it 's not necessarily because I just love Thai food it 's because of the local restaurant here that I support and it 's about the people it 's about the community. I enjoy pizza because there 's a local pizzeria that makes gluten free pizza for me and um, so i 've graduated, I would say, from <laughs> those you know one box really easy meals to make to um, something that is so much more. And, um, I think that when you, you know, when you look at food in general, it brings people around the table. It has such an amazing purpose behind it. And, um, it's obviously very hard to narrow down just one food. That's my favorite when you're sitting down at the table with a group of people. But, um, you know, that's the magic behind it. You can't narrow it down. There's amazing things out there. Everyone likes something different. And, um, when you kind of, you know, take the selfishness away of, you know, having that comforting macaroni and cheese, you can see that you know I could potentially make this macaroni and cheese macaroni and cheese vegan I could make it gluten free I could help you know do something a little bit bigger so that dramatic person in me I heard this topic and I'm like yes I can totally take this and spin this uh, in a cool way um but I do want to, you know, I want to know more about your guys' favorite foods currently. So, um, you know, you said macaroni and cheese. Both of you are into noodles. <laughs> you're into the noodles. Yeah. So what what would be your favorite food, like, right now, off the top of your head?
4: I still um, really love pasta. And, like, I really love, like, seafood now.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. one That's one thing that when you're younger, you usually don't like. Not a lot of young yeah. kids like seafood, and then you grow an appreciation <laughs> for it. And, um, I mean, that's what life is all about. It's all about growing and learning to appreciate new things. And your favorites are only your favorites for a short amount of time. <laughs> um, and then there's always those things that bring you back to home. You're going to feel comforted by that macaroni and cheese always. You know, in 20 years, when you sit down with a bowl of macaroni and cheese, it's going to take you back, and it's going to be your favorite food again. Uh, you're going to take a bite of, you know, apple pie. It's going to be that tradition there for you. It's always there for you. It's going to be your favorite. Um, So the cool thing is that everything's always changing. So much fun. Um, And, and that's, you know, the one thing about my life right now is it's been changing like crazy. So it's, um, you know, this topic definitely, definitely brought it home for me.
4: Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, like, that food creates a community. It's not always about the food, which is really why I love, like, barbecue parties and just, like, family gatherings. Because although we do have really great food, it's always the presence of family and friends and, like, all the people you love.
2: Exactly. And, um, you know, the next thing I think we're going to talk about is some superfoods and some things that um, are now kind of becoming very big in society and these new, these families, these, you know, these family meals are now bringing in some really interesting ingredients and some new fun things that have really cool benefits and um, we'll definitely get into that a little bit later, but...
4: Um, thanks so much, Tanner. It's time to go to break, but for all of you who love what Tanner's cooking up, don't despair because he'll be back in the next segment with more information about his exciting new lifestyle brand. During the break, visit his website, www.tannerodell.com. I'm Young Juwon.
3: Express Yourself Teen Radio. We'll be right back.
5: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens.
4: Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan,
3: And I'm Rachel Glass. Tanner filled us in on some tasting treats in our last segment. and In this segment, he's going to share what he's doing with his new lifestyle company, Tanner O'Dell is a part of a powerful team based in Austin, Texas, building a billion-dollar lifestyle brand. Core 180 has a mission to help people live life inspired. To accomplish this, they have built a modern fitness studio with two cutting-edge fitness disciplines community-building events, healthy food, bucket list trips, and so much more. They'll be expanding throughout the USA and beyond during the next couple of years. So, Tanner, how have your eating habits, favorite food choices, and healthy living brought you to build a company?
2: Well, that, I mean, that's a very loaded question, so get ready for this. Um, We, uh... I actually came to Austin, Texas and went to culinary school. So that's kind of how everything started. I went to a um all natural, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free just an alternative style uh, culinary school. I'd kind of been fed up with everything that I'd been doing in the food world before that. You know, I was a 17-year-old working in a butcher shop through high school. So that's a dramatic shift to go from something like that to um being, you know, promoting the plant-based diet. And while I was going to school, I met an amazing, um, an amazing person who I interviewed for one of my previous radio shows that I hosted. And she owns a hemp seed company. So she sells raw and toasted hemp seeds, which are one of the amazing superfoods that I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit. And uh, she ended up uh, introducing me to this amazing individual who was moving from Los Angeles to Austin to uh, start a company. Core 180. And uh, her name is Maya Kermath. So she is one of the co-founders of the company. And um, basically, the way that this company came about is, um, you know, there's a fundamental disconnect between wanting to be well and actually being well. (laughs) Yeah. So, we're, um, you know, setting out to create this ethos around wellness that, you know, we aren't just here to, you know, help you look good in your skinny jeans. It's also about, you know, just feeling good, being the person that you are. And, you know, to do that, we are um, hosting amazing trips to Costa Rica. So, in July, we took nine people to Costa Rica with us. Um, it was called Om Surf Give. It was seven days of yoga, surfing, and service. We helped a small school in Costa Rica and... Um, Um, everyone just really learned, you know, we asked everyone the question, how do you live life inspired? It's a huge question out there. How do you actually live life every day inspired? And so we were in Costa Rica trying to answer this question, and, you know, I think the best answer to that question is you just have have to take everything as it is. You have to know that everything is going to work out as it should, and not have to constantly be worrying about the future, worrying about the past. Everything will happen like it should, and it was very, very evident there that that is that's the way of life um, so we brought that back to back to the u.s and um we have been doing some really really cool things at the company um, one of the things that we like to do is host um community events so people come in come into the studio every day and take classes we have uh indoor cycling as well as core interval training the core interval training takes the foundational principles of pilates and adds high intensity intervals to it um but that's not all we wanted to be there to create a true ethos we wanted to host events as well you know create a nutrition extension, which is uh, one of the reasons that I'm, I'm a part of this awesome company. And um, so this month we're hosting a potluck. It's all about kale. It's called be committed to kale. And we're bringing in a whole bunch of food bloggers, people from the community to really come in and um, explore, you know, explore who they are, explore the community and just find amazing things to take part in. And um, so my, my journey through, through healthy food has led me here right now, which um, Um, Who knew that I would be here? I had no idea whatsoever. Um, The way that the uh, two people that the way that Tara Miko, who actually originally introduced me to um, the person that I'm working with right now, they met each other through their hairdresser in Los Angeles. So if you, if you, you know, the way that people get connected through this world is crazy and it's magical and it happens like it should. And um, it's led me down a um, path right now where I'm working on creating individual meal plans for people. We are um, really looking to create you scale this company put it all over you know all over the country all over the world and um the biggest component for me right now is creating something called core kitchen and um what core kitchen is going to be is it's going to be a mobile application where um we'll have 12 months 12 chefs each chef will be able to pick a month and then each month we'll get a theme. We'll be working with chefs chefs like uh, Aida Camp from the Food Network, um, Marcel from Top Chef, uh, some other cool people that we know that are in- interested in working on something like this. And um, people will be able to download the app, whether you're a member with us or not, whether there's a studio close to you or not. And um, available to you then is... All of those recipe plans, the grocery lists are already done for you. You can go and pick everything up. You have everything at your disposal. So now we're making truly living a you know a healthy life very accessible and easy. Um, so,
4: Tanner, so, how many people are part of this core program? Like how many clients? I guess I'm not sure what to call these people, but how many people are part of this community?
2: We have been. Um, We've been open, our actual studio's been open now for six months. And in that six months, we have, um, over a thousand people strong. Oh
4: wow. So
2: we are, um, you know, and that's everyone from Olympic triathletes to NBA players to, you know, a 60 year old lady that I met on a trail while I was handing out water one day. And it's, you know, a very, very cool, cool, diverse mix of people that is a part of this community.
3: Do you think, um, while we're talking, um, about like the things that you're cooking and such, do you think your favorite foods like represent who you are?
2: Definitely. And, um, it's, I'm getting to that point now where they represent who I am. And you definitely, you know, if you talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. So I'm always telling people to, you know, incorporate this, incorporate that into your diet. And, um, you know, sometimes they aren't necessarily my favorite foods, but I have learned to prepare them in fun ways, make them flavorful and really start to enjoy them. And then you are, you know, Respecting the food because of all the power that it has to, you know, heal someone, to give you this energy, to help sustain you. And then you're also looking at it from a creative point of view where there's so many options. You can do so many different things with them. And, um, so some, some of my current favorite foods, I should call them superfoods because they truly are superfoods. Um, the first one is raw chocolate. So that should get you a little bit excited. That's one of the things that I always tell people to eat. That's one that I don't have to fight. That's for sure. I, I can eat that one a lot. Um, but raw chocolate, it's made from cacao beans and, um, they have not been roasted or heated. So the majority of the, um, the beans that you find are, um, heated. The cocoa powder that you find in the store has usually been heated. So it's fun to find some raw cacao. Uh, Where do because you find it has them? usually a health food store, um, okay. something like Something like Whole Foods, you can always order it online. Um, if you go to core180.com, we have a blog. It's called Buzz, and I have all kinds of resources for people to be able to find ingredients like this. Um, and then we also, um, the cool thing about the raw chocolate, though, it has high level. It's like has high levels of magnesium, chromium, B vitamins, antioxidants, and it also helps helps uh, athletes. So if you're you know into high school sports, if you're you know a really active person, it helps actually shorten your recovery time. And so that 's a really, really cool thing about that. My other favorite one I mentioned it earlier. I said hemp seeds when I was talking about Teramiko, who was um, the person that introduced me to these hemp seeds and Hemp seeds have more protein than meat fish or tofu. They have all of wow. the essential all of the essential amino acids they have um, omegas three six, and nine in fact it 's the only place on the planet that you're gonna find that perfect balance of the omegas. So it's truly is a superfood, something that you can um throw into your salads and your cereal, you can cook with it because it has the highest flash point of any nut or seed. Um and it just it's very easily absorbed, easily digested by the body. Um what good do they, they taste of- like? It depends on which ones you're going for. There's toasted and then there's raw hemp seeds. Raw hemp seeds almost melt in your mouth like butter. <laughs> I call them, I call them hemp hearts. They have so much heart to them because, you know, they're so good for you, first of all, but they, um, they have a nutty, almost sunflower seedy type of taste to them. And then, um, the toasted ones still have the shell on them. It's almost like eating a sunflower seed, actually. Kind of a oh, little sal- okay. salty, crunchy snack. Hemp, um, I'm not
4: very familiar with hemp, but where do hemp seeds come from?
2: They come from the hemp plant. So, um, that should, hopefully that's a little self-explanatory, but, um, it, they, they don't have any of the psychedelic crazy effects. Uh, okay.
4: That's
3: good to hear.
2: Like what marijuana, what if you think hemp and marijuana are completely separate things, pretty much. Um, you'd think of marijuana as the very, very distant cousin to hemp and hemp actually has tons of really awesome benefits for, um, for your body when you're thinking about it as a food. Um, another really cool, uh, cool superfood would be spirulina and it is truly like the ultimate athlete superfood. Um, so, you know, hemp has all of that protein. The spirulina has tons of protein as well. So it consists of 65% concentrated protein. Is that a and vegetable? It contains, um, it's actually a seaweed. Oh. So it comes, yep. It comes from, it's, um, not necessarily from the sea, but it comes, um, Oh, are you guys still there? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, so it, uh, is a freshwater type of seaweed, but it has so many amazing things and you usually find it in pow- powder form. Um, you can buy it in any any health food store, buy it online. Um, it also comes in capsules so that you can, you know, take it almost as a supplement, but, um, it's great, amazing in smoothies. You never know it's there, but you feel the effects. (laughs) Definitely. It's like so much health. It just packs it right in there. And, um, it's an extremely high source of chlorophyll, which, uh, helps bring oxygen and things that you need to your cells. Um, it's, you know, full of phytonutrients, enzymes that help you digest really well, um, and then really rich with vitamins like vitamin A, B vitamins, B1, B2, B6, K, and E, and, um, just a really amazing, amazing superfood. And, um, so these, I mean, these are really my favorite foods right now because there's something that, um, you know, like I was talking earlier in the last segment about, um, you know, taking the selfishness away from, um, your favorite food. So, you know, my macaroni and cheese, I wanted to curl up and just have it all to myself. But when I make something with foods like this, I want to share. I want to tell people about it. I want people to know more about these ingredients. And, um, like one of the, one of the things I make, um, pretty often are, uh, raw cookies. They're, you know, no bake, no bake Without cookies, eggs? but not, no eggs whatsoever. Um, they're completely vegan. They are, you know, if you think think back, um, you may have had some type of um, no bake cookie in your past, and usually it's like a mound of coconut shreds covered in chocolate. And in this case, what I love to do is take goji berries, which are an energy boosting berry. They have the richest source of um, of carotenoids of all known foods. They're high. They're high in antioxidants, minerals. They contain 18 amino acids, and um, they act- the cool thing that I think about them is they have a ton of vitamin C. So, you know, you think of drinking orange juice or something like that when you need your vitamin C. Well, goji berries have 500 times more vitamin C per ounce than oranges. Thanks, um, Tanner.
4: Thank you, Tanner, so much. Oh, yeah. We're out of time, but I was so interested in all the cool tips that you had and all these superfoods that I hadn't heard of, but much success to you in all these fascinating endeavors.
2: Thank you, guys. And uh, if you go to core180.com, I have all those recipes and things that we talked about today.
4: Yeah, to visit Tanner and find out more about these superfoods and what he's trying to do, visit TannerOdell.com with two L's and core180.com. And we are out of time again, but thanks for joining us here.
3: Remember, to be positive and express yourself.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit expressyourselfteamradio.com.
4: My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm, and now from the Kid Star Album of the Month, here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farler with I Sneeze and Threes. <laughs>
0: I sneeze in threes When I smell pepper It's not a disease It makes me feel better I have an issue So pass me a tissue I'm getting all teary But not cause I'm sad I sneeze in threes from mild irritation. It's from allergies, which leads to frustration. Prescribing to histamine or bottle with listerine. Maybe it's pollen, maybe it's cat. Some days, free a breezy breeze. No worries, nothing to be feared about. It's true. It's true. I'm relieved, very relieved. Being free is nothing to sneeze about. In three, when I get a cold, I wish it would cease, it's getting old, I played in the rain, and that was insane, I'm shaky and achy and blowing my nose. Some days a freeze, the freeze No worries and nothing to be beaten about I'm the very relief Being free, it's nothing to sneeze about
4: Harvard, Mr. Saxophone from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Check it out on our website, Kidstar.org.